Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Invisible Hand. I'm your teacher slash host, Mr. Buck. And I'm Long, your teacher slash <laughs> host. <laughs> and, I re- <laughs> and I realized, we realized something just today that uh, you guys probably don't know what the Invisible Hand is, and it might make you feel a little scared when you <laughs> hear it. So, Long, what is the Invisible Hand? Uh, the Invisible Hand describes the unintended social benefits of an individual's self-interested actions, a concept first introduced by Adam Smith in the Theory of Moral Sentiments written in 1759, invoking in its reference to income distribution. So in English... <laughs> it's, it's like, is that the top of your head? It's a reference by an economist from a long time ago, right? That's all about income distribution. There you go. Okay. Income being money, distribution being spread out, right? So the, <laughs> right. the invisible hand is an economic concept. And we thought it was a really cool name for this podcast. So yeah, it, we're like, why is it called that? Now you uh, probably still don't know. You might have more questions <laughs> than answers. Right. And we'll get to it in about, honestly, eight, nine weeks. We'll touch on it a little bit. Think of it like the wheel that keeps the the, the, the car in motion of economics. Yeah. But, a little uh, bit. Just keep it on the back burner for the next eight, nine weeks. Um, and we'll answer your question in uh, two months. So <laughs> There you go. Yep. <laughs> And we're back. This is going to be our news segment. Going to talk about uh, the news that's happening that you guys should know in politics, government, economics, civics, the world. Yeah. Uh, So we have kind of three different stories this week we're going to hit on. Um, The first one, which is kind of probably the the, the barn burner, the big one. Is that a saying people use, the barn burner? Anyway. I have no idea. I've never heard of it. <laughs> okay, well, it's new. That people say because I don't talk to people. So. <laughs> there you go. So uh, the biggest thing happening right now in politics, if you haven't paid any attention, is there was a really big report that just came out a couple days ago about um, COVID um, being known to Trump and him doing nothing about it uh, way back in February. Um, essentially what happened is guy, a famous journalist named Bob Woodward. Wasn't he involved in uh, Watergate? Um, I, was he? He may have been. Uh, I think he was the Watergate guy. Yeah, he, okay, we'll do some research. Journalist, and he, uh, yeah, he's been active for a very long time. Um, he wrote All the President's Men in 1974. Uh, he has yeah. always been critical Sorry. of whoever the president is. Um, yep, yep. Uh, much yep. of the news, him and Carl Bernstein. Yep, reporting on the Watergate scandal. This guy is a big deal in American journalism. Yeah. And so, if you don't know who he is, he's uh, he, he was involved in Watergate when Nixon got found out. Watch Forrest Gump; it'll teach you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> not a not a anyway. to do it honestly. Um, so essentially, what happened was Donald Trump, Bob Woodward, got him on tape, uh, and. Donald Trump had said, this virus is very serious. It's a big deal. And, uh, you know, we really got to be careful. And this is before yeah. it hit the U.S. Well, it, And I have the, co- the quote on it, too, what he said. Yeah, what did he say? So so Bob Woodward, just he had a book just come out. His book was called Rage, or is called Rage. It was just released. 
and uh, he has Trump on tape. You can look all these things up on YouTube or whatever. Um, uh, so February 7th from Woodward, this is the Trump, or this is the quote from Trump's mouth. It says, you just breathe the air. That's how it's passed. And so that's a very tricky one. And that's a very delicate one. It's also more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus. This is more deadly. This is five per, you know, this is 5% versus 1% and less than 1%, you know. So this is deadly stuff. So he has him saying that on tape in February. And if you don't remember, the government and the cities closed down about, what, late March? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, mid-March. Uh, Red Run's Mid- spring break is when school yeah. canceled. Right. And so uh, this has come out and kind of shaken this election like to its core a little bit. Um, if you look at Trump's tweets, he's been tweeting the last couple days about how this is all not real, or yes, he said it, but it doesn't really matter. Blah, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> and in the book, Trump was told on January 28th, according to Woodward, uh, by a lot of his advisors, he knew as early as January that this was going to be, people were telling him this was going to be the worst pandemic in 100 years since the 1918, right? Flu pandemic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And uh, all of his people that worked for him were saying, this is going to be the greatest national security threat to your entire presidency. Right. And that's January. That's two and a half months before it hit. Yeah. And he has literally been, and he confirmed those things in that um, interview. Right. And he said, yes, I'm aware of those things. I'm aware that this is a really serious, deadly thing. And since then, his actions have been... Um, to attempt to reopen stores, reopen schools, reopen businesses to improve the economy and to let American people get sick. Right. And so even more, uh, you know, hurtful to the Trump campaign was uh, three days after that event, he was at a rally. Uh, one of his rallies trying to get his supporters, you know, fired up. And he uh, he downplayed it said it's not going to happen and then they have another quote from him on March 19th asking him why he downplayed it and he said this is a quote March 19th he said I wanted to always play it down I still like playing it down yeah (laughs) right meaning that yes it's happening yes the government's aware that it's pretty bad how much do they care right yes um and I gotta say, you know, normally something like this would be huge for a person's uh, reputation. Um, I don't think this is really going to affect Trump that much for the upcoming election. Right. Um, right. This would sink any other president. Yeah. You would think that if they were caught red-handed lying like this, it wouldn't be that big of a deal, or it would be a huge deal, um, mm-hmm. especially about a threat to the American public. But to be honest. Uh, Trump's supporters, generally speaking, don't really care about that, uh, that, that this information has been spread, um, <laughs> which is just something to really kind of take note of. You know, what what is important to you? Do you really want the economy to be thriving? Do you want American jobs to be back? Do you want to feel a sense of normalcy? And are you willing to risk putting your life on the line for that? Um, right. Right. You know, because many Americans are, as it turns out. And uh, I'm not in that boat, but hey, you know, (laughs) everybody gets their own opinion. So that is American politics at the end of the day. 
Right, and it, it, it all goes back to our original point we made last week where you got to think for yourselves. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't just trust what even me and Mr. Long say, although we're not trying to lie to you like we said last week. But it goes back to do your research, man. Read up. See what people are saying. See what different news sources are saying and make your own informed decisions. Yeah. You're really with government. What you're studying is power and you're looking for absolute truth. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the best version of what happened that you can. You literally are detectives when it right. comes to government. So, yeah. Right. And so last night, if you follow the election, Biden obviously <clears throat> gave a speech last night at, at, at an event somewhere. And he said, uh, obviously, he was throwing his punches at Trump for saying this. You know, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was essentially... Uh, you know, is this what we want from a president? Someone who does these things and ignores Americans when they're in pain. And Trump responded last night at the White House by saying that he was trying to prevent panic. He said he didn't want to make a big deal out of it because people would have panicked. And that's what his argument is for why he didn't do it or do, do much of anything until March. Which is you know, what's happening in the yeah. election right now. I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of unrest. Uh, there was some seriously strong civil unrest, um, specifically with the Black Lives Matter movement and the death of George Floyd, which, you know, combined yep. with a pandemic, really made this summer, um, honestly, probably the most eventful summer I've ever seen in my life, as far as oh, yeah. politics go. I've never <laughs> yeah. seen the American public respond the, the way they did ever to right. the death of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all the other black people that um, were murdered. So extra ju- extra judicious murders. Yeah. 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 Um, and so in the book, if you are a reader and you like this kind of stuff, apparently like it's all his former administration who have left, right? So like Mattis, Mad Dog Mattis and all these people who used to work for Trump but have since been asked to leave. <laughs> are now coming back and speaking about what they saw. It's kind of funny how when you treat the people that work for you like dirt, they come back and talk bad about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, unfortunately for Trump, um, he has let go a lot of his staff uh, right. since day one. I mean, he came in and had a whole cabinet, had a whole team that was ready to go for him. And he's just had to fire them one by one. And at this Almost point, all of them. I mean, yeah. If you look at the original people that are still working for him, I think like Rick Perry's on there. And is it Ben Carson? Ben Carson, ben maybe. Carson's probably still on there. Betsy DeVos yeah. is still on there, although she's had a plethora of issues too. She's the Secretary of Education. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just been ridiculous how many people he's fired and mm-hmm. have, have had to leave because um, of scandals, because of corruption, all this yeah. stuff. So. But now they're all talking in this book, so, you know. (laughs) That's right. So that's one thing that's happening. Let's move on to the next story. So the next story I kind of wanted to touch on, and I think I'm going to give this to you. I don't think I talked about this one with you long, but I'm curious about what your take on it is just from the first hearing. So in California, right, the wildfires have pretty much taken over the whole state. The whole whole state is a giant fire, pretty much. (laughs) Yep. Um, it's supposed to be the worst on record, right? It was like 115 in LA a couple days ago, like record-breaking heat. Uh, have you heard that in, I forget what county it is, it might be the whole the whole state, but it might be a county, you might have to do some, some research, that um, they have been using prison labor as firefighters. Really? Have you been huh. following that? Yeah, they get paid, I believe it's something like 15 cents, maybe a dollar an hour. 
and uh, they get shipped around the state. These are these are inmates, right? Prisoners. Yeah. They get shipped around the state in uh, in red prison um, buses with the with the, the the slats on the window, so no one can escape. So they they paint them red to match the fire trucks, right? Yeah. And they get shipped around, and they have to go fight and battle these fires. Um, let me put a couple health facts up with that information. So, okay, nine eleven when that happens because of the debris from the buildings, the ash in the air, the smoke, um, all the harmful things that were present, uh, right, has resulted in many of the firefighters and police officers who worked through that to save people. Um, resulting in cancer and lung cancer, the age of uh, of a lot of these people that they're dying at is in their fifties or sixties. Uh, they're dying prematurely because of all of the ash and smoke they inhaled. Um, right. With this fire, the Creek Fire specifically, this is by the Fresno Bee, this newspaper, which is a local source for Fresno, mm-hmm. California. One hundred and sixty-two thousand acres. Um, were destroyed and 365 buildings were damaged or destroyed. Okay. Now, there, a- according to this, there have been about uh, three people that have died from the fire, which doesn't seem like a lot of people right. that have died. That's because they evacuated, right? Because mm-hmm. of the fire. All of that smoke, all of the ash, all goes into the air. And when you burn over 162,000 acres of land, that's going to travel. So the day after one of these fires, it was literally raining ash in Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the picture of the the, the, the bridge that uh, like the sun was rising over the San Francisco bridge and it was all orange because the fire's in the background? Oh my gosh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so wild. Um, right. And then the next day in Cal or in Colorado, that was like in the eighties and the seventies or eighties, the next day it snowed. So it, it had this fiery ash literally falling from the sky from thousands of miles away, not yeah. thousands of miles away. Yeah. Right. And then it's snowing the next day. I mean, that's wild. The, the, the change in just like the weather combined with that is wild. And yeah. Like Mr. Bucket said earlier, LA was 115 degrees. Right. As a result of these fires. Now, y'all, 100 degrees is a hot heat advisory day. 115 degrees in LA? That's unreal. It's normally Espe- 70 degrees there. Especially for people that don't get air conditioners, you know. Which a lot of Californians don't. Like, because you don't need it there, yeah. You don't need it because the weather's always so nice. And I mean, my God, 115 degrees, they're probably boiling. Right. <laughs> but so what's your stance then on them using prison labor to fight, as fighting fires, oh though? Like, God. if you're a prisoner, now you you got a job. We're going to pay you a dollar an hour yeah, that's to like, go do this. That's a literal, I mean, to me, that is slavery. Like, that is that is slavery. slavery. That's slave labor. That's yeah. slave labor. They are not getting paid for that there's no way there's absolutely no way any of these prisoners have had proper training to even put out fires they're not firefighters <laughs> right and and they're not going out and battling like like fires that are in the city they're fighting massive wildfires that are right. burning hundreds of thousands of acres of forest right you need specialists for that not not like Billy Joe or whatever who you know is in prison for whatever reason like 
Well, I mean, it's just modern day slave labor. If you've seen the movie Thirteenth, think about what this says, yeah, right? Exactly. That the modern prison system is just the continuation of slavery. Yeah, like it truly is. When you look, it's just the next level. When you look at the statistics, that one in every three black men will end up in prison at some point in their life. That is an echo and a reflection of the fact that slavery ended not even, you know, not even 150 years ago. Right. Not even. We're not even there. Ruby Bridges, yep. the first African American woman to attend an all white school, is in her 60s. What is that real? Yes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You look her up. That's insane. Let me confirm this. I said it, and I know I'm right. Yes, she's 66 <laughs> years old. She is. 66. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh, she just blew my mind. Yes, she is the one of the first kids in New Orleans. Um, to literally attend uh, an all-white school, Brown versus right. Board of Education, Topeka, Kansas, fifty-four, right? Nineteen fifty-four. Yeah, Ruby yeah. Bridges. That's her. She is black. right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So that's another thing that's happening in the world today. And the very last thing we're going to touch on in the news before we jump into um, what's happening in class. Um, and this might be, I don't know, should we do a trigger warning? Uh, yeah. So yeah. for, um, if for people that are sensitive towards issues of sexual assault, uh, this next segment we're going to talk about is something that you may not Tr- want to listen to. Right. So you can skip ahead 10 minutes or whatever. This is a little triggering, but we debated whether we should talk about it or not, but you guys are junior seniors. It's kind of time to, you know take the kitty gloves off a little bit when it comes to politics and government. You're going to see this stuff um, in the news all the time. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not going to hide. So essentially what's happened, um, this just came out, I think a couple days ago, maybe one or two, um, is that there is a 25-year-old uh, defamation suit. Or there's a new defamation suit, I'm sorry, um, aimed at Donald Trump by a woman. Her name is... Carol, E. Jean Carroll, that's her name, who said 25 years ago, <clears throat> Donald Trump raped her. And no, nothing ever came of it. Apparently no criminal stuff ever came down the pipe, but she is now suing the government and Donald Trump for saying that him playing down these allegations and not really taking care of uh, all these allegations that he's, you know, sexually engaged in sexual misconduct. Um, she is suing him for defamation. Yeah. Um, the uh, the alleged um, thing that I'm seeing was basically, and I won't go into great detail of this, but that sure. uh, there was a store in Manhattan, New York, in 1995 or 1996 where Trump ran into Jean Carroll, um, yep. who is the woman, and he took her into a changing room and uh, the rest is, um, you know, there. And yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so yeah. he is denying the allegations. Um, he's denied them several times saying that she was totally lying and that her claim was fiction, right? Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as far as a defamation case goes, what that means is that is a case against someone's character. So a defamation case would be like, hey, you caused me to lose money because you spread a lie about my reputation. Right? Therefore, I'm going to sue you. Yeah. yeah. So 
yes, if you if somebody made something up about uh, a person, right, and um, that 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 person felt wasn't true, and it caused them to lose money. That's specific. It has to cause them to somehow lose money for a defamation sure. case to really be provable. Um, then you can right. It's it's, it's a hardship. Yeah, but. Yeah. So the, the 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 controversy, though, other than the rape allegation, of course, is the fact that um, Trump wants the U.S. Justice Department to defend him. Well, I mean, I think they are. My understanding yeah. Yeah, is, yeah. my understanding is, Bill Barr, um, old Billy Barr, he's the current Attorney General, meaning he's like the head lawyer for America, right? He he's the lawyer that defends America. Mm-hmm. Um, he has filed something. I'm not a lawyer. He's filed something. You could ask Mr. Graham if you have law class um, to essentially use the Department of Justice, um, the people who are supposed to, you know, uh, take care of cases like Brown versus Board, right? These big, these big major cases that are going to change everything. But instead, he's using the Department of Justice to specifically defend Donald Trump. Yeah. In, and so in this oh, defamation case, right? Like right. a case that is about Trump's reputation. Trump right. in, in my opinion, Trump's reputation is his own. He is a high figure up in the US government, but he is not he is not he should not be protected by the US government for this personal case. Right, because essentially Bill Barr's defense is that, well, Trump is the president, therefore he is the government. And so we have to defend him. As, as much as the president is the face of America and sort of one of the leading figures in the United States government, he is not the entire government. There are so many other people that right. are a part of it, right. right? And so many other branches that we'll learn about we'll, we'll talk more about what they do, but it's ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous, at least. Maybe. maybe. I mean, so, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. This is a thing that's never happened before. Like, we've never seen uh, the, the Department of Justice used to specifically defend a president. Um, so this is like a work in progress. Who knows what it means? You can look up some information and make your own decisions about it. <clears throat> but that's what's happening in the news uh, this current week. We'll talk later about um, the different branches, executive, judicial, and legislative, and talk mm-hmm. about their their powers and how much power they have. We'll come back to this case and talk a little bit about what it means for his power in the executive branch. Um, Ooh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think to kind of wrap up this lesson, I want to share one more piece of news that we didn't really talk about Um that is not necessarily too political about government or the economy, um, but uh, Diana Rigg, who played Marjor- or who played uh, the Queen Tyrell in Game of Thrones, passed away this morning. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's the most important news of the entire week. She was 82 years old. Um, Man, which uh, yeah, Buck, I figured you would care about. Uh, I don't think any of the students probably do. Well, students, <laughs> one, you, you, if you do know, I'm sorry that another celebrity has passed. Two, I will never recommend ever that you ever watch um, Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> oh wow, you flipped that hard on it, huh? Yeah, do not do not watch it, students. It is not school appropriate. Oh, I thought you meant specifically the last also, season. Also, it ends horribly and it's not yeah. worth your emotional investment. If you want your heart broken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> watch that. Which there's yep. enough of that going around already. We don't need any more of this. Yes. <laughs> go watch uh go watch uh what's a lighthearted show? Go watch uh Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. Yeah, I was gonna say like I was gonna say like uh, Good Times or something. I've never seen that either. Yeah, me neither. I don't know. You know, uh, maybe watch uh, watch Phineas and Ferb. Um, That's it. One there of you their go. adventures <laughs> where they play with their platypus or whatever it is. I'm gonna be honest with you, kids. I never had the Disney Channel growing up. I've never really watched a lot of Disney shows. Um, so uh, I kind of missed a part of childhood that uh, is apparently essential for being a good person, which is why I'm such a curmudgeon in my adulthood. <laughs> I'm a bad, yeah, I mean, bad, yeah. angry man. Uh, so don't be <laughs> like me. Go watch some cartoons. Uh, of course, after you do your schoolwork. Uh, yes, of course. So I think that about wraps it up for this week on um, The Invisible Hand. And uh, tune in next. And you'll also hear it on by the people so the government class too yes so uh tune in next week to hear mr buck and i talk about stuff that you may uh really care about and you should yep and we're back time for our last segment where we talk about the things we're learning this week in economics. Yes, so we're going to be talking um, a little bit about economic resources as well as cost and benefit. Let's start yep. with talking about economic resources. And um, just a reminder that you need to know that economics is the study of choice. Mm-hmm. You need to know how do we really start by understanding these choices. So right. We'll look at two concepts uh, that I found were kind of confusing in definition, but we came up uh, with a little sort of like just sort of a, re- a thing that you'd recite that'll help you uh, get. Some oh benefit. yeah. So I'll I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll talk about that um, in a minute. If Mr. Buck, do you want to talk sort of about what the determinants of choice are? Maybe. Okay. Well, yeah. So so last week we saw that really e- economics is just the study of choice, right? Like why we choose the things we do. From uh, why does America choose to build more airplanes and less schools, right? All the way down to how come I chose to. Uh, come to school today to teach you and not sleep in, right? Those are all economic choices from the big stuff to the small stuff. It's just the study of those choices. And so this week, we're just going to start dipping our toes into um, well, the, how we actually study choice, right? Like some of the ways that we can understand the choices that people make. And so there's two topics that we'll get to actually next week, but I want to kind of introduce today. We call them the determinants of choice, and basically what it means is that uh, this thing we're going to talk about today, this thing called rare resources, it has scarcity, right? Meaning that there isn't a billion trees out there for everyone to use indefinitely, right? There's only a certain number of trees in the entire world. And then the second thing is opportunity cost, 
which is this idea that in order to choose something, we have to give something else up. Mm-hmm. But don't turn off the podcast yet, and and don't go into the corner and cry because this is all scary and confusing. Don't worry, that's too much for one day. We're not going to get to that stuff yet. Um, but that's kind of where we're headed. We're going to take baby steps to get there. Yeah. So to start us out, we're going to first talk about just what are resources and economics. So we've got four of them. Um, there are four types of resources. All right. Resources are used to help you get things, make things. They're really materials. Okay. Right. Uh, right. Now the most basic uh, example of a resource. Um, of the, the first of the four is land. Okay, mm-hmm. land resources are trees. Trees are used to make paper. Trees are used to build houses. Trees are used for so many things. Right? You need right. natural resources. Another example could be oil. oil. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, is a natural resource that we use as fuel. We turn it into gas um, to power machines. That sort of thing. Anything that can be taken from the earth is a land resource. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Yep. Um, so the next one is the one that's it's it's kind of weird because you don't think of it this way. But the next one is our labor resource, mm-hmm. and what that is 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 the amount of human effort that can be used, right? So like, think of it this way: you only have so much energy every way every day to do work, right? Or if you're a runner or you play sports, we only have so much energy that we can use when we run before we all would just pass out and 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 fall asleep on the ground right it, it could be five hours i mean if you were really pushed you, you could maybe run for five hours but eventually everyone would pass out on the ground right yeah um yeah so so labor the labor resource is the amount of work that can be done right so say if you're a business it's the amount of work a business can get done in a day or if it's you, how much work can you do in a day? Here's an example. Mr. Buck and I, we are labor resources. Yes. Okay. We're labor resources for education. We are literally mm-hmm. resources. Okay. You guys, um, in a way, are too, as students. Education yep. needs students and it needs teachers to function. Right. Uh, a, a person that is a coal miner that miner, he is a resource for the sure. company that he works for, right? Yep. That's what a labor resource is basically, okay? And a right. land resource, um, just to go back for a second, like in a classroom, a land resource, an example could be something like a pencil. It's made of wood. It has rubber, it mm-hmm. has lead. It's a natural resource. Yeah. Um, but a pencil, well, maybe I shouldn't go there yet. Let's talk about capital next. Um, so <laughs> okay, okay. Do you want to take that one? Take that one away. Sure. So essentially, what capital is is money. Um, it doesn't always have to be money, but usually it is a form of currency. So capital, uh, an example of that could literally be um, credit cards, cash, coins, that sort of thing. Capital mm-hmm. can also be tools that you use to get a job done. Um, really the the thing to remember about capital is capital can't be living capital really can't be alive it has to be like a machine um Mm -hmm. so if you're at a car factory a wrench could be a uh, form of capital that you use right Right. so the the example i always use in class is like um 
how easy is it for you, Mr. Long, to make a Ferrari in your garage? To put one together from the ground up? Uh, it would be quite difficult to do for me. <laughs> right. Because you don't have the capital, right? Right. Not to mention all the other resources, but the capital, right? But in a Ferrari factory, they're going to have... Uh, they're going to have the machines that put the thing in the thing, and they're going to have the phalange that connects to the flux capacitor, whatever happens yeah. to make a car work. Right? We don't have those to things. The knee bone. The, the, yeah, the, the bones of the car. Your, your legs are just hips and knees. Um, there's <laughs> nothing else. Anyway, yeah, so it really, think of capital as the tools. We'll give you some assignments and like, um, make sure that your understanding of that is super clear. There'll be some examples right. that will categorize some for you. So you'll see examples, but you'll also do that uh, yourself. Right. Um, so land, labor, capital. And then the last one, uh, Mr. Buck, you want to take it away with? Sure, sure. Um, so the last one is entrepreneurship or just entrepreneurship, right? Um, basically what that is, an entrepreneur, if you don't know, is someone who starts a business. That's what that word actually means. So thinking of this as a resource means that it's this drive that people have to develop an idea into a business, right? It's, 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 a, it's a weird type of, um, type of resource because it's something that happens in people where you say, you know what, I want to make uh, a, a new company. I'm going to go out and do it. Think of them like ideas, really. Entrepreneurship is more of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, entrepreneur is an idea a lot of times just to drive a business people right. people are typically entrepreneurs so for example uh, if you've ever watched Spongebob Mr. Krabs he's <laughs> always looking for ways to innovate and improve so he can make more money he is an entrepreneur right sure. his business is the Krusty Krab where he sells hamburgers yeah or I know I always have like if you're a musician patties. Krabby Patties, that's right. If, if you're a musician, I always have some kids who like to like rap or make beats on their computer and stuff. If, if you're really trying to turn that into a thing that you do for a living and you want to make money off of it, you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to develop an idea into a business. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre started out recording literally beats for other rappers. He started rapping yep. himself and he eventually built his empire into the the beats the headphones the beats by Drake. Yep. I don't right. I don't know if he um, made it, but he was on track to be the first African American billionaire on Earth. Uh, with, mm -hmm. Once beats were released, um, he may have survived. He might that. be. I'm not sure. I'd have to look it up. So, um, he also got a PhD, didn't he? I had I have no clue. I mean, by law, doesn't he have to have one if he calls himself the doctor? Oh yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. He's got a PhD in uh, in beat making. Uh, apparently, Kurt, the most recent update on his net worth is eight hundred million dollars. Um, ah, okay. So he's two hundred million dollars away from becoming the uh, the first um, billionaire. Billionaire, yeah, African American, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos is worth seventy nine billion dollars. I, I did you see that statistic? Yeah, I did know that. Um, That's literally more money than most countries yeah. produce so so I, I i don't know how uh to describe this um <laughs> in in any other way than to just say it okay when you reach your first millionth second of life okay okay of 
being alive, I'm going to make sure I get these numbers absolutely right. So when you reach your first millionth second of life, uh, you are like a couple months old, right? You understand that? Oh, like in the long, like in the, in how like much life you have in total. So if you were to count to a million, um, with seconds, with a million, you're going to be like a, a few months old, right? By the time you yep. reach a million or, or like maybe a like, week or two or, some, or some, several weeks. When you reach... You mean saying it like one, two, three, yeah. like actually counting it out. Uh-huh. Okay. When you reach your first billionth second of life, billionth, you are 31 and a half years old. Dang. Okay. Okay. So when when we say that a billion is a lot of money, what I really mean is a billion is a tremendous amount of money. That is ridiculous. That is so much money. Yeah. One billion <laughs> yeah. is a lot. Jeff Bezos yeah, yeah. has way more than a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a lot of resources. Yes. Yes. Um, he, he, <laughs> All right. He is worth $192.1 billion currently. Um, dang. I was short. Okay. I thought I was. Oh, dang. So he is the richest person on earth. Uh, that has ever been on that earth. That has ever been on earth. No one ever in the history of existence has had more wealth than he has. Um, right. More resources. Yeah, and, uh, and, and to be honest, like we know him as the owner of Amazon, but like he's he's generally kind of quiet about other things. Like, he got a divorce last year, uh, but yeah, he's the richest person that's ever lived. Oh, and uh, I got a call in the middle. It's all right. I don't wonder if it picked it up. Uh, it's all it's all good. <laughs> anyway, it's it's pretty scary how much money he has. No one needs that much. Yeah. Um, So, after that quick transition, let's jump into the next topic for the week. So, the second thing we're going to get into, we we have resources for the first half of the week. The second thing we're going to get into this week is costs and benefit. And this used to be a section we actually didn't put here, but we decided to move it up this year for a reason you'll see next week. Um, So, let's talk, like, Long, what is a cost and what is a benefit? Um... Uh, a cost and a benefit. <laughs> so, like, when I go to the store and I go buy a uh, candy bar, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to cost me $1. So, the cost is what I am losing. Right. And right? it doesn't always have to be money, right? Yeah, it doesn't always have to be money. It can be time. Um, it can be a lot of things. Uh, and, and the benefit is what I am gaining, from this so i'm right spending my money to receive something which is the benefit right right you don't want the cost to outweigh the benefit so if the cost of something to you really isn't worth the benefit then you shouldn't pay it if you don't have to right that's pretty much the crux of this entire topic right a, a cost is getting some or sorry a cost is losing something and a benefit is gaining something that's it yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really all there is to it uh, th- the way I think about it like uh, think about it this way like what are some of the costs of um, long you ride you ride a bike right yeah all every day 
Okay, so how many miles do you say would you say you ride a day if you can? About at least ten miles. Okay, so what are some of the costs? Actually, let's start first. What are some of the benefits of you riding your bike? Yeah, every so day. Benefit of me riding my bike is it gives me a chance to clear my head.、Um, it is good for me. It's good exercise. It's good for my heart. Good for my lungs.、Uh, there's some solid benefits to it. Yeah.、Um, so the cost yeah. then? Yeah. So the cost of riding a bike. I have to make sure that I've got the right、uh, air fresher in my tires before I ride. I have to wear a helmet, or I could seriously get hurt.、Um, mm-hmm. Other costs could be I have to make sure the chain is、uh, is well lubed and that it's clean.、Um, if it's、yep. dirty, I could damage the bike, or I could get really hurt myself.、Uh, yep. Yeah, there's a whole lot of costs, but to me, the benefit. Makes it completely worth it. I will deal with the problems that you have with riding a bike, as long as I can、um, benefit from it. The same goes with the car, right? Cars yeah, sure, sure. An enormous cost, but the benefit is that you can get from, you know, Kansas to California in a matter of many hours. But you have the ability to do that in a pretty fast way.、Um, yep. Yep. So、uh, another really solid example is maybe you're like Mr. Long and you really enjoy the Avengers universe, so you buy that new Avengers game. Well, turns out it is not very fun, and so the cost <laughs> outweighs the benefit because somebody paid sixty bucks for it and really regrets that purchase now because that's a lot of money to spend on a game that's not good. Yeah,、so. sure, sure. So,、uh, so putting that together, then, and and coming up with the idea that man, that wasn't a good thing, or man, this is a good thing, I should always do it. That's the second part of this, and that's the last part of the the, the cost benefit thing. Is when we take these costs and benefits and we weigh them together. It's called a cost benefit analysis,、mm-hmm. right? And all that is is making a choice, right? So when、uh, Mr. Long thinks about whether he should go for a bike ride today in the rain. Right, you're weighing the costs. Well, I could get hurt and fall in the rain, right? Yeah, I have to make sure my air pressure is good, whatever. Versus the benefits,、uh, I get a workout, I get to leave my house for a while, <laughs> whatever else. And so you make a decision, cost benefit analysis. Yes, and I will choose to ride my bike in the rain because I have a bike that can do that. The cost was great on the bike because it's a bike that can ride in the rain well, but. I was willing to pay for that,、uh, yep. and like Mr. Buck had、uh, has pointed out several times now, there's really not money being involved with a lot of these decisions. You guys use cost-benefit analysis every single day,、yep. all the time. If you're at the gas station <laughs> and you're choosing, what should I buy? Should I get hot Cheetos? Should I get Takis? Should I get a Snickers or a Reese's? You're making, a, yeah, you're making a decision there. Um, that is cost-benefit analysis. When you think about what you should get and what you can get. Yep.、Uh, so, I mean, that's it. We have resources this week. We have cost and benefit, and then we have the final little piece, the cost-benefit analysis, putting it together.、Um, Long, do you have anything to add on that? Uh, no.、Um, I think we covered it all pretty well. Yeah, I mean the two assignments you have for the for the economic resources one, you're just going to be going in there and identifying resources, and and matching the ones with what they are, right? So like uh, uh, a tree is a land resource, things like that. And then the second assignment you have for the week is analyzing the costs and benefits 
of um, the Kansas City Royal Stadium being moved downtown to power and light. Yeah. yeah. How does that benefit the people that are there? How does it... Uh, cost. How will it cost yeah. us? Yeah. So, um, we'll talk about that more during the week. If you have any questions on those assignments, meet with us during your class times, during that synchronous learning. Um, also, feel free to send either of us emails uh, or just send them to Mr. <laughs> just all of them. Your preference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Don't send everyone to me. Just my students. <laughs> Yes, my students, you're allowed to send uh, Mr. Buck. Okay, yeah, great. Buck. There you go. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> Please email me and, and not Mr. Buck. Like, I don't know. I haven't had a kid in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. If you stayed with it for the whole thing, thank you. Um, 20 minutes of your life. <laughs> minutes of your life. Hey, this is All learning. right, y'all. <laughs> I hope that you benefited it and that the cost was not too great. This is Andrew Long signing off. Goodbye. Perfect.